great to, to have the opportunity to share with you this morning as we start our new series, Go Big. Go Big. I love it. I love this idea. I must admit, when I heard Pastor Sam say, we're looking at Go Big, I'm thinking, wow, that's quite challenging given the circumstances that we're all facing uh, in our nation, uh, no doubt personally and families and so on. So to go big at a time like this when when you are in a situation where circumstances are trying to urge you to go small, I think that's the prophetic statement that is so powerful. All righty. So go big, even if it seems contrary. Um, it's actually interesting that we're actually, I'm actually even here today. Uh, my wife and I usually live in Donga, and uh, on the 14th of January, after eight months of waiting, we got the go-ahead that we would be on a flight returning to Tonga on the 20th. So we had six days to get ready, and then the volcano happened on the 15th. So please continue to pray for Tonga. Equipers uh, Tonga we've uh, been in touch with, and, and it's certainly been a challenging time, but things are improving. And uh, we're just praying for particularly great connection that uh, that cable or the satellite or whatever ways of communication actually gets established as soon as possible. So please continue to pray for Tonga. So beginning of this year, I did something I, I've never done before. I read the Bible in a month. Um, some of you might have picked up, there's a reading plan called The Shred. Uh, picked it up uh, from Nathan Finocchio, who's a Bible teacher that I follow online. And uh, so I read the Bible in a month. And it's, it's a challenge when you're a bit of a teacher, you've got to try and put aside this idea to want to stop and pause. It's more about reading the Bible for the vibe, for the big picture of what God's doing with His people. And so I read the Bible in a month. Most of it I listened to. I listened to it double speed, because uh, that's a skill I picked up from a past working in radio. Uh, and it was just really refreshing to try to see what it is that God has as His heart for people in reading the Bible. What I did in that time, some things stood out to me. And as we think about our Go Big theme, I want to just unpack a, a little dialogue or a little scenario that happens in First Kings chapter 19. Uh, if you're familiar, one of God's men at that time was the prophet Elijah. And uh, for the sake of time, I'll just quickly tell you the lead up to this passage we're looking at. So Elijah was God's man in the moment, and he was called to bring God's word to the people of Israel. And uh, Israel really was, had a divided heart. They were beginning to worship other gods, the god Baal. And uh, so we, we have this scenario at the, <laughs> at the beginning, just before First Kings chapter 19, where, where Elijah sets up a, a showdown with the prophets of Baal and Elijah. There's a whole bunch of prophets of Baal and Elijah. And he gives instructions, says, okay, let's see whose God really is God. So what he calls for is that all the meat that's going to be sacrificed needs to be brought in, an altar needs to be built, and a channel built around it, and uh, says to the prophets of Baal, you pray to your God, and if he consumes the sacrifice, then Baal is God, and if not, then we'll see what God can do. So off go the prophets of Baal, and they begin calling on their God and ranting and raving and doing whatever they do and they worship, and of course nothing happens. So Elijah's standing off to the side, he begins to mock them. And begins to say, ah, oh, maybe, maybe your God's a bit deaf. Maybe you need to speak a bit louder. Maybe he's gone on holiday. Maybe he's in the loo. Maybe, uh, just come on, go, go harder. And so, of course, the prophets of Baal are going harder, going harder. In fact, it says that they even begin to cut themselves in their earnestness to try and get Baal to respond. And at the end, it's zilch. Nada. Nothing. 
So then Elijah steps up and says, okay, fill some big jars of water, pour water over the the meat, the wood, and and everything. Uh, In fact, do that again. In fact, do it a third time. Okay, then he stands back and he calls on God. God sends down fire and all of the, the sacrifice gets consumed. God won, Baal nil. Then what he does, just to wrap it off, he says, let's gather all the prophets of Baal, let's take them down the valley, and let's kill them, and they did. So that's a a pretty major time of victory. But right after that, King Ahab goes home and tells his wife Jezebel what's just happened, and she sends a message to to Elijah and says, I'm going to do the same thing to you by this time tomorrow. So straight after the victory, what does Elijah do? He gets the news that Jezebel is out to get him. And, and he begins, he freaks out. In fact, he runs off into the wilderness. He's afraid for his life. And he finds himself under a broom tree. And, and he's, he sits down and it says he actually calls out to God, basically calls out to God, kill me now. Kill me now. It's all over. He, he goes from this, the sense of being in victory to fear, to isolation, and I'm not clinically trained, but when you get down to the point of there's no point in living, he's quite depressed. What does God do? God comes to him at that moment, and he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? You know that any time God asks a question, he's never needing information. Just as with Adam in the garden in Genesis, when God says, Adam, where are you? It wasn't because God, oh, well, he's around here somewhere. The questions God asks aren't for his benefit, they're for ours. So he says to Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah just, I mean, it's beautiful. All of the people of Israel have have left you, God, and I am the only one left. That's over-dramatization, but that's pretty much what he says. So God says, come aside, come to Mount Sinai. And he takes them up onto Mount Sinai, and then this very interesting little interchange happens. And it says, but the Lord, the, what the Lord, it actually says was, but it was, 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 well, it was. So what happens is Elijah's on Mount Sinai, and, and God, it says that God passes by, and there's this incredible rushing wind. But the Lord was not in the, sorry, there was an incredible earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then while Elijah's on the mountain, there's a sense where the Lord was not, he sends a fire. And, and it says the Lord was not in the fire. And then straight after that on the mountain, he sends an incredible wind. But it says, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. Now you think about it. Earthquake, wind, fire. Sounds like a 1970s group. Um, Sorry, that's people my generation joke. Those things get your attention, don't they? They're loud. But what does it say? It says that God wasn't in there. And then came a still, small voice. And God was in that. And God began to speak. And what did God say out of his grace? He speaks the same thing that he said to Elijah before. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah does exactly the same thing. Oh, everybody's, oh, everybody's forsaken you. I'm all alone. It's only me. It's only me. It's only me. But God in his faithfulness speaks to him. And he actually gives him instruction. He says, I want you to go and I want you to find Jehu and I want you to anoint him to be king. Then I want you to go and find Elisha and I want you to anoint him to be a prophet after you. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> Mr. Drama, there's 7,000 other people who haven't forsaken me. You're not alone. Off you go. And he does. Think about that interchange. Think about the, 
the point that Elijah was in himself. I, I take great courage that there are things like this in the Bible. And in, in another passage, the Bible actually says that Elijah was a man just like you and I. That's in reference to him praying in faith. But I think Elijah's also just like you and I, and that sometimes he's a bit of a drama merchant. You're a bit of a drama merchant. I'm a bit of a drama merchant. We find ourselves in circumstances where we feel like we're the only one. We feel like that everything around us is falling apart, and there's nothing that we can do. But actually, I, I believe the challenge God gives us as he gave to Elijah is to go bigger, even when the circumstances are contrary. So I, I want to just share with you three little ideas drawn out of this interchange that I think can help set us up to be the kind of people who respond differently, even when the circumstances are contrary. And the first one is this, turn down the noise. This is actually the phrase when I was preparing this message, this was the phrase that actually came to me and I, I kind of, it was just like something God said to me and I thought, what's, so the message sort of was built around this. See, what we've just read is that Elijah was on the mountain in the midst of earthquake, wind, fire and God was not in those things. It's almost like God saying, I'm not in the noise. God had to turn down the noise, and it was only when he spoke in a still small voice that actually the words of life came forward to Elijah. But I believe for us to be the kind of people who go big, we need to turn down the noise. What's, what is the noise? I think the noise for us can be internal. All of us have an internal monologue. All of us speak to ourselves. We all do. You know, it's that little dialogue that's going on inside our heads about ourselves all the time. And that's fine, nothing wrong with that, except where that monologue doesn't agree with what God says about you and I, then it becomes incredibly dangerous. Sometimes that monologue is repeating conversations from our past, from, from years ago, from even conversations or things people have said who aren't even alive anymore, but they, they run our mind. They create noise. Sometimes that internal is a dialogue it's either replaying or preparing to play conversations, difficult, challenging conversations. I'm going to say this, and if they say that, then I'll say that, and then they'll probably say this. And, I, and, and, and it creates noise in our heart. But sometimes the noise isn't internal, it's also external. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to things like social media, but I realize even in my own life there comes a time where I've got to turn down the noise, when I was listening to The Shred, I, I listen to things when I'm walking in the morning, and I, I'm often listening to podcasts or this and that and, and, you know, different commentators and so on. And what I found was I had to devote all that time to listening to get through the readings each day. And, and it was great because I found what it did is it turned down the noise. It turned down not things that are bad, but things that where it's just repeating the same messages over and over again. Sometimes I get drawn into that. And the thing I've realized about things like social media is that they're geared to feed us more of what we're looking for and listening to already. So we can end up thinking like, oh my gosh, I am the only one and everybody, you know, we start to see it sound like Elijah because that's what's being fed to us. And then we wonder why it's hard for us to speak with a voice that's any different to the voices that are all around us. So the beginning, I believe, of going big, I think we need to turn down the noise. We need to take an opportunity to, to think about what we're thinking about called metacognition. The Bible says that we're to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. What, that, what does that mean? When a thought's running through your head about yourself, grab it. Say, now, does this agree with what Jesus says about me? And if it doesn't, 
Just be ruthless. Just stop it. Kick it out. Don't make room for it. Don't ruminate on, oh, maybe it's true. No, just kick it out. Turn down the noise. Don't replay scenarios and don't prepare. Just, just go ahead. Don't, don't have these dialogues that create noise. Maybe it means actually choosing to cut ourselves off from certain things that are creating noise in our lives that are external. News is great, but sometimes we've got to take a breather and step back from all the news and all the reporting and all the commentary and say, okay, so God, what are you saying? So number one, turn down the noise. Number two, listen in the stillness. Elijah found that God spoke in a still, small voice, the kind of voice you can almost miss, the kind of whisper, the kind of thing that like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, 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 where you can miss and over, but no, no, God spoke. You know, I sense in, in my life, turning down the noise really means then stopping and listening. Listening for that voice that can be easily missed. During the week, um, Pastor Hannah from down in Low Hutt, she posted on Instagram uh, just a little devotional uh, based around the words from Lamentations 3, the God's faithfulness uh, never ceases, His mercies never come to an end, they're new every morning. And she just unpacked that mercies, she translated mercies as compassionate treatment. I thought, man, that's, that's great. Isn't that awesome? It's like every morning God has for you and I new mercies. You don't have to rely on yesterday's mercy. You don't have to rely on yesterday's compassionate treatment, yesterday's inspiration, yesterday's moment, yesterday's help. That was great, and we celebrate it, but you know what? God says every time the sun comes up, it's all brand new. And that's the kind of stillness, I think, that we understand that the truth of God, He's, he's so faithful. He, look at like He was with with Elijah, even when Elijah's throwing out his drama queen moments, he just, he just speaks in stillness. Listen to what God is saying. How will you know it's the voice of God? I used to think when I was a, earlier on in my Christian walk, I'd hear people talk, oh, God said this and God said that, and I think, man, God's so busy talking to other people, I never hear him. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's because I'm not this or I'm not that, and then I realized, no, that's not true. God's no respecter of people in that sense. And I thought, what if it's the fact that God's speaking all the time, the problem isn't that God's not speaking, the problem is, am I hearing, am I tuning, am I listening? And maybe I need to find stillness to hear that. Do I trust enough that God will speak to me? Turn down the noise. And sometimes the very act of turning down the noise, we find ourselves in that place of a stillness where we can hear God. Hear what God is saying, His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. And then the third point, what did He do? Well, when God spoke in a still small voice to Elijah, He gave him something to do. First thing He gave him to do was a task in governance. He said, go and, go and anoint Jehu to be the next king of Israel. And then he kind of gives him a ministry one. He says, oh, and go anoint Elisha to be the next prophet after you. Off you go. Oh, and by the way, you're not alone. 7,000 others haven't bowed the knee to Baal, so don't panic. And so Elijah did. See, I love the fact that God spoke in a still small voice. Elijah heard and went. 
When I was listening to the shred, I, there was a verse again that stood out to me from Micah 6.8. It's one I remember learning years ago as a, as a younger Christian. Um, what does the, he's showing you, O man or O woman, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? And it's like, oh, I don't know. What does the Lord require of me? To do justice, to love kindness or mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Do justice. I love it. It's do, walk, and, and love. You know, they're all verbs, doing work. It's just, just take these things and live this way. So what's it got to do with this point? I believe actually when we hear God speaking in that still small voice, whatever he says, take it and walk with, not in, walk with confident humility. See, if I walk in confident humility, that's saying like, oh, I've got to find some confident humility, and then I'll be, oh, good, I'll put it on and I'll walk in it. But I don't think God even demands that. Walk with it. Put it on. Put on humility. That's what Paul writes in the New Testament. What is humility? Humility is agreeing with what God says about you and I. And walk with confidence. And, and I like the idea, walk with it. Fake it till you make it. I mean, if you can't feel it, don't worry about feeling it. No, I'm walking in confident humility because I've heard God and I'm doing what He's called me to do. In September this year, Reddy and I, you know, we've been trying to get back to Tonga and stuck here. And then in September, we were asked to pick up the management of a, a justice project in Tonga, which is funded by um, MFAT from here in New Zealand. And it was a huge task. It's a big project. It's running training for magistrates and, and judges. Uh, it involves the rolling out a case management system for the courts in Tonga. And another big part of it is actually the beginnings of a youth justice system in Tonga. And so we picked this up as a, as a shared task. But it's a huge task. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> we both have what, what we call kitchen floor or dining floor moments. You know, just what, oh, my God. I can't do this. But the thing that keeps us in those moments is what has God said. We know that this wasn't our idea. It came to us. Okay, then obviously God knows that he wants us involved with this. Do we feel over, overwhelmed? Absolutely. Do we feel out of our depth? Yes. Are there things we've done before? Most things. But we can walk with confident humility. Why? Because... Even if we don't all the time know exactly what task we're doing, don't tell the managers, but what, it, what we do know is that God has called us to be there, and as we walk with that, things will unfold, things will open up. And it's almost like God encourages us constantly with His presence. Oh, by the way, you're not alone. You're not alone. See, I, I believe for us as a church, this season right now is our testing ground. It's our training ground. I think it's really important that we as the church in this season get to know how it is that we can live, speak, and act in a way that's different to what is around about us. I get, very, I, I get quite concerned when, when out there in the marketplace, we as followers of Christ are just speaking and acting like the rest of the people around us. We've got to be able to demonstrate a different purpose and a different basis for our security and our foundation. That's why I love this theme, Go Big. You know, I love the fact that there's this entrepreneurial spirit that even, even though we're restricted on numbers and so on, what's the solution here at Equippers? Let's do more services. Let's have uh, unvaccinated services and vaccinated services. Let's open up... Other, other venues, east, and, and let's do west.
west and, and you know, if you're in Equivers and Lower Hutt, let's go and take over a big building. It's that sense of don't, don't live under, where's, where's the opportunity lying dormant just under the surface of the challenges and the restrictions and the rules and the containment? Where are the opportunities? Look for them, find them. That's, that's why I believe this is our training ground because I don't want to be a doom, gloom, Elijah type person, but I believe that we haven't even started. Things are going to get a lot tougher in the future, but this is our training ground. And if this is now not the time to be running around like headless chooks or like Elijah going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, everything, oh, I'm the only one. You know, no, now's the time to be saying, okay, turn down the noise. Maybe address some of those inner monologues that have been dictating how we think and feel for so long the ones that are in danger of taking away being able to hear clearly what God says. Maybe it's time to take a bit of a break from all the voices that we feed ourselves with externally. And in that process, to listen for the still small voice. See, (laughs) I love that encounter that Elijah has. It was a still small voice Speaking of a huge grand plan, go and anoint the next king. I mean, that's huge. There's no sense of just because God speaks in a still small voice that he's just going to come and put his little arm around you and just go, there, 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 you'll be, you'll be fine. You just hold it. You just hang on in there till Jesus comes back. You'll be fine. No, no, he's going to speak grand plans. He's going to speak, start a youth justice system in Tonga. He's going he's gonna to create in you opportunities for innovation, creative solutions, whether that's in your workplace, whether that's in your family, whether that's in whatever setting God has placed you. He'll speak in a still small voice, but he will speak bold and grand plans of creative innovation. And then what do we do? We say, you know what? I haven't got all the answers, but I'm going to walk with confident humility. And even if I don't feel it, I'm still going to walk with it. In the same way that I choose to get dressed, I'm going to choose to put on confident humility. Ah, and I'm going to walk forward. And I'm going to be faithful to what God has called me to do. That's my prayer for myself, for Reddy and I, for us as a church. That we'd see this as our great training ground now. Yes, I know. This, I mean, our lives have been turned upside down. I mean, you know... <laughs> COVID, yeah, all sorts of restrictions, all sorts of news, all sorts of doom and gloom, volcanoes, tsunamis, flights cancelled, plans changed. The great comfort I take in all of this, God is not surprised by any of it. So yes, while we find it challenging, the confidence we have as followers of Christ is we can come back to the one that this was no surprise to and say, okay, what next? That's what we did when we, we, the day we were due to fly out, we went away just to have a few days retreat and say, okay, now what? What do you want, God? And just get, get away. We wanted to get away. We went to Rotorua. We wanted to get away to do that. And we get away. And as we're checking in, we're standing behind Pastor Sam and Pastor Barrett. And then we find there are 20 equippers pastors in the same hotel at a retreat. We wanted to get away. No, it was fine. God's got a sense of humor. I'm the only one. No, no, I've got 20 others. They're all here. But we just get away and say, okay, God, what now? And just over those few days, get some perspective and then come back and, okay, take the next steps. 
Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you're such a faithful God. You're also so forbearing. Thank you that even in your love, you come to us sometimes and you ask us questions, not for information, but to help us realize something powerful about your plan and purpose. So, Father, I pray for everyone in this room or even listening online, maybe who's asking themselves, what am I doing here? Where is this all going to end? How then shall I live? Father, I pray as, as each of us take those steps to turn down the noise, whether that's inside, internal, or whether that's choosing to step back from the noise that surrounds us just for a season. Father, let us hear your still small voice because just as Elijah found, you're not in the noise. Let us hear your still small voice that comes and speaks of grand challenges, innovations, creative insights, perspectives, visions, challenges. And then, Father, let us step forward in whatever you say with confident humility, agreeing with what you say about who we are, what we're called to do, confident not in our own ability but in your call and the fact that you've placed us, you've made us the incarnation of your presence in our workplace, in our family, and settings that we inhabit so that we can bring glory to you and train us in this time that the lessons we learn now will continue to stead steadily keep us for the future because the cause of Christ is never at the mercy of the circumstances of our world. Help us to keep the main thing the main thing for the sake of all those that you love, have called, and are yet to join your family. In Jesus' name. Amen.